decisions great. Now visits great job not letting the best player beat you. This one crushed out to right field. Two strikes to Bryce Harper. Suarez delivers. Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's going. Yes. And it is gone. Yes. yes. It is Bedlam at the bank as Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top. Are you kidding me? Oh, his 10th career home run of the postseason. What is up, Delaware County, and welcome back for episode number 42 of Delco Baseball Now. My name is Brennan Ricciardi. As always, I'm joined by Ben Thorpe. And Ben, for the first time, we are here in studio. I'm just super excited. We got, uh, we're over at INR Studios. Um, exactly. I guess Garden Valley. Garden Valley. Right? Yeah, Garden Valley, yeah, technically. Garden Valley. Really excited. I do kind of miss my bedroom with the like Playboy Cardi poster, but we'll take it. Yeah, yeah. No, so we're uh, we're a couple minutes down the road from Ascent. If anybody trains over there uh, in the off season, uh, you know, which will be very convenient for the sake of having interviews. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we can get plenty of guys uh, over right from Ascent. Also, if we ever want to bring some stuff over and and film, you know, and do interviews there, yeah, get the get the little over. wireless mic. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, no, we're really excited to be here. Uh, and it's just like, it's the next step for us because, you know, we started this last summer and, you know, ever since then it's been kind of just like a slow build, you know, what can we do to try and like expand the content, expand everything that we do and, you know, just try, keep trying to give people what they want to see. And I think the next step in that is doing the interviews in person because, you know, there's only so much of a connection you can get doing stuff on zoom. Yeah. hundred percent. I think that is the quality of everything will go up once you do in person. Zoom works for what it was, but um, definitely being in here and everything, I, I think it's really going to take our stuff to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some days that we can't make it in here. Like it's not, I'm sure that, that you know, we won't be done with Zoom forever, but yeah, the idea yeah. is to have it here uh, realistically once a week during the season, just because, you know, until we keep building the staff up, it's kind of hard for us to be in here like multiple times a week while we're also trying to write game recaps do the graphics, you know, editing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I think until, hopefully someday, it's our full-time thing. But yeah. until right now, I think once a week would be a good, you know, way to be able to capture everything going on. Yeah, and just kind of also give us time to, like you said, do our actual jobs and stuff. So, <laughs> But, hey, once a week, it's going to work. I'm excited for it. Yeah, unfortunately, we are adults. Uh, and we, yeah. have, we have responsibilities, uh, you know, Maybe not too many responsibilities as a substitute teacher, but regardless, enough that, uh, you know, that I mean, we're going to keep building this up and, and see what we can do with it. Um, but even though we both don't live in Delco anymore, we had to make sure the studio was in Delco. Oh, yeah. Got to stay true to the roots. Especially with the majority of the people that we'll be interviewing being in Delco. It wouldn't it make sense to be like, all right, everybody come out to Westchester and record. Yeah, you yeah, know, we'll make you drive 40 minutes to uh, to come do it. A little hour and a half trip out. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, the main two things we wanted to start with the intro here was talking about how we're going to be doing the interviews in person and also the fact that we're looking for advertisers. So we got all this nice wall space here. Also, we can be bought. I'll drink a body armor, like a Gatorade. I'll I'll wear a T-shirt for whatever, you know, company wants us uh, to, to, you know, promote their products and stuff. But the reality is, like, if we want to be able to do this as much as we can do, you know, we need support from everybody. And I would like to think that, you know, it would be a, a two-way street in the sense that, you know, we've we built up a nice audience, an audience that, you know, hopefully trusts us in their products, yeah. I, would, I would like to say. Um, but, yeah, you know, feel free to reach out, uh, send any messages through social media, uh, email. I think it's just DelcoBaseballNow at gmail.com. Because if you don't, we might just have to go door to door. And yeah, start begging yeah. businesses to uh, to give us you know give us money for their for their stuff. Yeah, go put your name on this beautiful wall mm-hmm. right here. It's gonna be get broadcast out to the world. Yeah, yeah, and maybe someday if we can stream games, we'll uh, be able to get some game day sponsors yeah. as well. But our uh, you know our mailbox is always open here. All right, let's get into the most pressing matters here. I would say is all of the commitments because right now there's really not too much going on in the area just in terms of pure content, but there's a lot of guys committing to colleges. And I think, you know, it has to start with the fact that Lower Marion pitcher Van Wilner has joined Carroll's Gavin Ray and Haverford School's uh, Ian White Jr. at East Carolina. And I guess my biggest question is, what's the East Carolina to Delco connection? Because it's kind of odd that just like, you know, it's a great program. It's top 25 every year. It's just like, it's just kind of random that three guys from, you know, a small area in PA all ended up there. I mean, I would just say that East Carolina knows ball. Like they just, they know, they know their talent. Yeah. I want to man, I want to go to a game there so bad. Oh my God. Like the jungle, like the fact that I think, aren't they the ones where the fence is really low and the outfielders are basically like Right on, like the yeah, fans are yeah. like right on top of the outfielders. Drunk students sitting out there yeah. yelling obscenities at you. It's got to be awesome. And there aren't many D1 schools in the country that are just a baseball school. Like it purely, you know, the number one draw on campus, like the reason that you go there is because you're playing baseball. Like that's the, the biggest community. Uh, so, yeah, I want to talk to those guys. I want to see like, you know, is there like an assistant coach down there that like, you know, recruited all of them, like someone that has ties to the area. I think. I want to say that um, that Ian White was the one to commit first. Like, right, did yeah. he, you know, did he play with these guys? Did he reach out to them and ask if they wanted to, like, you know, come join him? Like, I'm, I'm just curious. But I mean, that that just sets a road trip up, right? Oh uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I feel like that one's a really easy. You know, we've been looking for some Delco baseball now road trips. I think that's a pretty obvious favorite right now. Yeah, yeah. Find a time where like someone that's you know, from Delco on another team they play, like goes down there mm-hmm. is a play against them. Uh, make that work there. Uh, all right. Next up on the list, we got, we got another tandem coming. We got Bonners, Irv Fisher uh, and Quinn Bryan are both going to Wingate, which is, I think we said North Carolina. Yeah. D2, right. D2 in North Carolina. D2 powerhouse uh, oh, yeah. in North Carolina. Uh, I know Quinn committed first. So it's, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, these guys are kind of just bringing Delco wherever they go. Yeah. I, I think that's a really cool part about, especially our area. I feel like, when it's kind of so, I mean, these guys obviously went to Bonner together, but you look with like East Carolina and some of these other places that we'll get to, it, you kind of, it's such a close knit community, especially like baseball wise, where, you know, someone commits somewhere and it's like, oh, like, I'll go play my boy or like something like that. It's Delco's everywhere. Yeah. Delco's yeah. everywhere. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can see it anywhere around the country. You'll find someone with like a Delco flag or, or even just the accent, uh, you know, we stick together. And yeah, I know. I think it's cool to kind of bring that, you know, Delco style of baseball 
hard nose mm-hmm. gritty, you know, oh, yeah. uh, the, the Sammy Berman style, like you said, <laughs> when, he, when he told me the one time, you know, that he tries to bring Delco around with him everywhere. Um, but both of those guys will be seniors this year uh, and on a team that's made three straight state final fours. So I know that they're eager to get over the hump before they get out. Yeah, and they're uh, they're looking pretty set up to get yeah. over that hump. Yeah, we'll do a full high school preview. Uh, I think the season officially starts like mid-March. Yeah. I know there's like the little scrimmages before that they do. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get some high school guys on as well. Uh, so this, this one's interesting. The, the next thing we're going to move on to here is Misericordia, because this is a team that leads the, leads the world in hit-by-pitches. <laughs> All they do is get hit-by-pitches. They had no Delco guys on a team that made the College World Series last year for D3. And then at the start of next year, they're going to have five. Because right now, Josh Lillis from Sun Valley, Drew Van Horn from Garner Valley, and Brian Henry from Bonner are all there. Now we have uh, Jake McDonough from Strathaven and Will Tamar from Haverford Public High School. They're both committed there. It's just, I mean, this they went from zero to five in terms of Delco guys. And like on a baseball roster, that's, that means a, that's a pretty big chunk. Yeah, I think that might be outside of the school, like the colleges in Delco. Is that the one that has the most Delco guys? It's going to be close. Uh, I know Westchester's got a lot. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. that, uh, shout out, Penn State Club Baseball. Penn State Club Baseball has multiple, you know, Marple, Radnor guys, Garner Valley, uh, Stoga all over the place. Um, maybe Strath even if Pac plays. He's still waiting, oh, waiting yeah. to find out if he's going to be with Varsity or not. But either way, it's a pretty, it's a pretty win-win <laughs> situation. Um, can't say I know too much about Will, uh, but congrats to him. Jake McDonough from Strathaven. Obviously, we got to watch a lot more. Mm throughout the uh, the playoff run that they went on. And that kid is just, you know, he's, he's like country strong. Like when, when I would see him, I went to some of the practices just because I was home from school. Uh, and, you know, as someone that played at Strathaven, I just, I've never really seen someone just like flick balls over the left field fence and BP like that. Like it was just, you know, his swing is so quiet, but it's just yeah. like, you know, he's, and if it wasn't for a 400 foot Penn State <laughs> fence, you know, he would have had a, a big moment in that state championship, but no, I mean it's it's another what's misrecorded like an hour ish away, hour and a half probably. Yeah, they're up kind of. It's like Dallas area. Yeah, I think it's like Scranton is yeah. a little south. Yeah, but yeah, plenty of college baseball road trips coming, uh, and I'm excited because especially you know it's five guys from five different Delco high schools, and I feel like now with with like travel ball and stuff, guys are starting to kind of like yeah. get to know each, like get to know their opponents more. Because I feel like growing up for us, it was a lot of Legion. It was a lot of like Babe Ruth, where like you stuck with your area guys and would always like play oh. against them. Yeah, that was like was, you know people from everywhere. Yeah, I would say I've growing up like I knew the pretty much until I was seventeen and played on one of those kind of like college showcase program things. It was really just the guys I grew up with. Like there was we played from nine to when we graduated high school, and it was just those guys. So it's kind of cool now to see that you know. You're kind of making more friends, starting yeah. to know people from different schools. Yeah, and, you know, playing first base for most of my life, I, I would be a conversationalist. Not if, like, the game was, like, very, you know, intense. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that would be, like, the only way I'd really get to, like, talk to people because most of the time you grew up just, like, playing against people mm-hmm. and, like, you know, just disliking them because of all, like, the <laughs> intense games. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it's, it's cool to see, and it's also cool to see – when like travel ball, when guys from the same high school are on the opposite travel teams, it's all of a sudden, you know, because oh, yeah. we're, you know, we've been talking about going from opponents to teammates. Now we're going from teammates to opponents, and that makes it even more interesting to me. All right, let's move on here. We got a couple Penn State branch schools, so we'll start out with Mark Zupo from Garner Valley. He's going to Berks, which uh, which is a D three school, but now 
Penn State Brandywine is going to be a D3 school as well. Not this upcoming season, I believe. I think it's the season after that. Okay, yeah. I think they have one more season left in, uh, it's like the PSUAC. And I played there one year. Uh, it, it was kind of cool that in the conference, every school was a branch school because you always wondered, like, how are the, like, the uniform matchups? They're basically the same every game. Are they every, really? I mean, like, everybody's wearing blue and white. You know, uh, like, a sense, couple yeah. teams will throw in, like, I want to say, uh, I think we played, like, like Schuylkill or something, and I think they had a black one. Okay. And other teams, maybe, like, a powder blue. But, like, for the most part, it's, like, every game is Penn State versus Penn State, you, you know? You only do so many variations of that. It's really... Yeah, you know, we, we had a vest, you know, to, to change, okay. like, a white vest to change things up a little bit. Um, but we got three guys committed to Brandywine, two from Sun Valley. We'll have to get uh, Dylan Everly to, oh, to yeah. share his input. Uh, Start of a pipeline Yeah, there. great name right here, Ivano Romaniello. Ooh. Great baseball name. Oh, yeah. uh, and Will Noonan are both committed to Gar- um, are committed to Brandywine and Nick Gordon from Garnet Valley. So we got three guys there. And listen, I think, you know, if, if they want to be able to, Brandywine wants to be able to compete at the D3 level for real, like they have to get the best guys from this area that are D3 talents. You know, yeah. like if they want to be, because they're going to be in that division with like Keystone is in that one, like on the other side of the conference. Uh, and I think like Wilson College up there is yeah. good. Like they're going to have some, you know, some competition. And, you know, obviously I played there for a year. I know like the the skill level, like they're going to need to, you know, bulk up a little yeah, bit basically. Keystone's dirty. Shout out to Darren Hagen. Yeah. Uh, yep. Darby Blue Sock up at Keystone now. But yeah, they're. They're so good. Yeah. That's going to be interesting to see. And I'll say, I've been out to a couple Brandywine games, and, like, they're they're solid. Like, I think, like, the level of baseball is close to that of, like, a D3 or, like, a probably, like, mid-tier D3. Yeah. yeah, like, when I was there, we beat our sinus. Uh, it's, it was tough, though, because, like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we had to save our best pitchers for the conference games, but the better teams that we're playing are the out-of-conference games. Yeah. So we're throwing these poor freshmen out there against, like, Cabrini, Eastern, and then saving our best guys for like these oh, not great Penn State branch yeah. schools, like you know, it's it's a tough spot. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do there. Uh, I know that I don't think they're ever able to win that branch school conference. We lost in the championship, so maybe try and sneak one out before you last move dance. up. Yeah, last dance. Uh, all right, so we got a couple more commitments here before we get into uh, the bulk of the show, which is the top moments of the Delco baseball season from 2023. Uh, we got Troy Neff from Chichester. He's going to King's College. You said it before the show. Not really many people around here go there, it seems like. No, yeah. I just Even, like, for just school, you don't really see a lot of people going up there. I think that's also a Scranton area school. They're like Wilkes-Barre, yeah. Yeah, they're close to Misericordia, I think. I think they're in the same conference, actually. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a different one. It's kind of cool to see. Yeah, and Troy had a huge year for Chichester. You know, there will always be people out there uh, that, you know, will talk about Chichester just in terms of, like, the competition they face. But, like, he did it against everybody. I saw him hit it, you know, the PBR facility one time. And, and really, you know, once these guys get to go out and play, like, the travel teams and stuff, that's when they really get to, like, show off their skills. Like, I know that the Del Valle baseball leaves a lot to be yeah. desired. But, you know, that's why Chichester played so many, like, out-of-conference games to yeah. be able to, to get that. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, with the way this system works, they're always going to be, you know, the butt of the jokes with Interboro because mm-hmm. they're going to run their conference, they're going to or their uh yeah, their conference. They're going to get a high seed in districts and if they lose a game, then it's just like an easy target. Yeah, I mean, they in their defense, I think having played we scheduled Chichester and Interboro every year pretty much. And they're legit teams. I mean, I know Interboro beat us one point. Chichester gave us a good like usually gave us good games. And I feel like it's one of those things where they just 
usually you win that conference, get the one seed, and just get like a really tough matchup. Yeah. So it's sometimes it's a toss up there. But. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last but not least, here we save this one for you. Brandon Dunbar, Haverford School, is going to Elizabethtown as an alum. Give me your thoughts here. Listen, uh, we need we need more Blue Jays from Delco. That's really that's all I need to say. Um, shout out his brother Tyler. He played with me at uh, when I was there. Great pitcher. Was probably our ace for I don't know, like two or three years. So, you know, hopefully keeping the family legacy going. Um, but yeah, that's hopefully he's the first of many to start going out to E Town. I mean, there's nothing I love more than seeing siblings go to the same school. Oh, yeah. You know, especially when they get to play with each other. Obviously, that's not the case here. Uh, with with Brandon and Tyler, but guys that you know have been teammates like their whole lives, you know mm-hmm. when they play like school ball, if they have if they're in the same age range, going to the same school, and I'm sure as a head coach, you know like you just have to be thanking the parents. Like I always think back, there's um for, on Garnet Valley. I don't think there are many baseball players, but the the Lassick family. There was like yeah. nine of them, and they I don't I don't know how many were boys, but I felt like I know they played baseball. Um, not as much baseball. Sorry. I know they played football okay. and they played hockey. And since I played hockey, I would see all the Lassics. And it's like the last, you know, 15 years, I feel like every time I watched a Garden Valley football game, there was there a Lassic. I'm like, what? Like, how do they keep, you know, keep pumping them out? But <laughs> the hockey game's got a full line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the defensive pairing of the Lassics, you know. Uh, no, but it's cool seeing the brothers follow in the footsteps. Uh, shout out the Berman family when Alex and, and uh, Ben yeah. went to Susky and then they won the conference oh, yeah. championship yeah. together there. I think they were hitting three and four in the lineup when they did. They were. They were. Yeah, Yeah. I I played against them. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing it didn't go very well. (laughs) We got killed. Yeah. Actually, uh, well, we got swept, but there were close games, I think. Hey, competitive. That's all that matters. Yeah. 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 We'll we'll count it. Yeah. All right. I'm sure we missed some commitments. We're we're doing our best to keep up. Uh, If you're listening, feel free to tag us in any post of your commitment. Send us a DM. We'll make the graphic, whatever it has to do, because I usually just rely on, like, other people posting them on their stories. You know, or like seeing them come across like Twitter and stuff, you know, of of when people commit to schools. All right, let's um, let's move on. Top 10 moments of the Delco baseball season here. Uh, You know, it was a great year. I mean, I'm not just saying that uh, as an honorable mention for myself for a club baseball (laughs) national championship that unfortunately did not quite crack the top 10. Uh, I felt like that would be an unfortunate, you know, <laughs> unfortunate look. Nominating uh, yourself. Yeah. For yeah. Hey, listen, I'll put it at 11. Um, yeah. You know, but we'll at the end of the day, we had a lot of cool stuff this year. So I'll let you get started on number 10 here. Yeah. And I would say we, before that, we've had about, for the first year of really like covering everything, we had about as good of a year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about some of the cool places we got to go. But, I mean, just in terms of content, like, we owe these guys a lot of uh, oh, yeah. a lot of credit for being able to help us, uh, you know, Thank attract you for being eyes. good. Yeah, thanks for being good at baseball. We really appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, all right. So we'll start with number 10 here. So uh, that's going to be Cole Palace, Reed Farrell, and the uh, Penn Quakers making it to a regional title game at Auburn against Southern Miss. Um, they beat Auburn and Sanford to get to the final game or games against Southern Miss. Um, unfortunately, lost both to a, a very good team, arguably. Yeah. Um, but just really cool to see. I, I think it's been a while since we've really seen a lot of Delco guys really make that make a run like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, outside of the Chris Newell Virginia team, they're they're yeah. really I don't I can't think of the last Delco and Omaha type thing, um, which is something where. I want to. Uh, I don't know if you've been there. I've never been to Omaha. I would, it's on my bucket list. I would like to like. Ideally, I would like to save it until someone from a Delco team makes it. But at some point, we just have to like yeah, yeah, yeah. pull the trigger and go. East um, Carolina. 
East Carolina, that's the hope. <laughs> and especially if that's their first ever Omaha trip. Oh, my God. Because they've gotten so close so many times. I don't even you know? know if they've... They made a super regional. They made a super yeah. regional? Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Omaha has its own, you know, yeah, it's, special it's, lore. That's its own but thing. It's, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, Reed was a freshman cather. Hard to get playing time mm-hmm. there. But as, you know, I can attest to, like, just being on the team means a lot. And, oh, yeah. you know, everybody has their their opportunity to contribute in, in some different ways. But, I mean, Cole was a starter. He was, I think, their leadoff hitter for most of the season. Yeah. He hit at the top of the order. Great defensive player. Great, you know, spraying the ball hitter. Uh, and, obviously, it's going to sting that they lost the regional. But, like, going into Auburn, I remember that because it was the Friday night and it was an extra inning game. Yeah, I remember and, I remember watching it and mm-hmm. seeing Cole Palace come up. And Springfield play. Colonial. Like, another guy. I had to pitch yep. them at some point. That Springfield Colonial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was special to watch. Anytime you can see the guys on ESPN, oh, yeah. and, you know, it's pretty rare that, like I said, we get the Delco to, to uh, Omaha, but with that being said, it's it's been pretty common lately to get guys in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah I definitely. mean, we've had, you know, Josh Hankins hit a homer at, at East Carolina against Coastal in that one regional two years ago. Uh, we had, who else we have? We had Kobe McNeely and, uh, and Ryder. Yeah, they were, they were in the tournament year. last year. Tom Kane and Maryland were definitely in it this year. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody off the top of my head, but we, you know, got the opportunity to, to follow some of these guys yeah. around as they went. Now, speaking of Josh, he's up at Gonzaga. That was another yeah. really good team, so yeah. you could see them again. Yeah, no, we'll do a, we'll do a full like college baseball preview where our guys yeah. are playing. Uh, for right now, we'll move on to number nine. We have uh, the Brumall Newtown Bay Brew team. They made both the 14 and 15 year old World Series. Uh, we had some of the guys from the 14 year old team on the show. That was Ryan Stoneman. Johnny Dugan and Kevin Wygo, uh, whose brother Jim was a Marple guy and, and played at Monmouth. Uh, I mean, sending two teams to a World Series, I mean, I, just as a program, like how good do you think that feels to That's be able to say that? insane. Like, most towns are lucky to have one in like a generation. They've got two in the same year, back-to-back age groups. I know if you're Marple Newtown, you're probably just drooling, like waiting for these guys to get up here and go take another shot at state title, probably. Yeah, it's a great foreshadow. I oh, mean, because yeah. the team from Broomall Newtown that won the Babe Ruth World Series, that was a team with like Alden, right? Yeah. Like, I think Luke Zimmerman was on that team, like Jim White. Like, yeah. I think Chris Newell was on that team, too. Um, really? And I'm pretty sure he was, yeah. And, you know, it's, I mean, you know, we really got into this thinking that it was mostly going to be about high school baseball. But the more we got into it, the more we realized we're just here for the best baseball. Yeah. Whatever the best in the area is, whether that be you know Little League, uh, Delco League, Phillies, like whatever we can, whatever we can find, whatever whatever's the hottest news around the town. Yeah, much. I think like we really this whole year shows like the real quality of baseball in this area. Yeah, and I don't know, it's cool. Like I feel like down the road, you know, we're gonna look, you know, five six years from now and see like Austin Crowley committing to college yeah. and, and be like, hey, like. Was, you know, yeah. we had him you know, five years ago, like in the spotlight, and we could fo- kind of follow mm-hmm. along with these guys' careers here. Uh, speaking of very good baseball, you got number eight for us here. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, in terms of high school baseball in the area, probably the best. Um, but we got Malvern Prep winning yet another state title. Uh, I can't even imagine how many that is now, but uh, they went through Episcopal, Penn Charter, and the uh, Perk. Human school, Perkyoman. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. But, um, yeah, and went through the Perkyoman school, uh, won six five in the title game. Um, so there's no interact playoffs, but every team does make the final to- or make the final state tournament. Um, and Malvern ran the table. Yeah, uh, according to their Twitter bio, so their first state title listed is 2006. Okay, 
They won in 06, 09, 12, 14, 15, 17, 18, 19, and 23. <laughs> Keep in mind, 2020 didn't happen as well. Um, in 2022, they lost to the Havford School. I remember that game. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's it's weird because it's not technically Delco, but, like, the head coach, Freddie Hilliard, went to Upper Darby. Mm-hmm. They got Delco guys all over the board. You know, Tim Dickinson we played against yeah. in the Delco League this year. Uh, Brady Abate. Like, they got all these guys that are from the area – and it's, you know, it's it's weird because, like, when you think of football and you think of the team that wins the state title every year, St. Joe's Prep, everybody hates them because they recruit, right? Malvern obviously recruits, but, like, so does every other team they play. Yeah, so it's, it's, I think it's the fact that they're in the other classification. Exactly, yeah. The wires and football. it's like, I have nothing to respect for them. I know oh, yeah. some people don't like them because, you know, they steal all the best players, but it's just like... We would all yeah, we would all play for them if we were good enough. That's just, the re- <laughs> you know, that's just the reality. Um, obviously, you know, some guys... From Delco, want to stay in Delco, Havard School, Bonner, EA. Like I totally get it, yeah. uh, completely understand. But just in terms of what what they've built, the alumni. I mean, it's like they get someone drafted every year. It feels yeah, like yeah, it's uh, they just have a pipeline to high level D one professional. It's yeah. really just an incredible program. Yeah, I've uh, I've I've DM with Freddie before. We need to get him on the show. Oh, uh, you know, a guy played in the Delco League as well. Um, I f- I feel like he told me he played. At Temple before it got shut down, but I could be making that up. I, okay. I, I feel like that's what I saw. Um, but either way, uh, I know he works for the Bell Ringers as well. I'm sure I could find him in there. But yeah, Malvern Prep. Uh, I wasn't sure where to put them on the list because they're not technically Delco, but it is a state title is a state title, and they're Delco guys carrying the load as well. But uh, big respect to those guys. Yeah, we'll we'll move on to number seven here, and this is another controversial: is it Delco or not? But Wayne, uh, we won our 19th Delco League title this year. We took down Upper Darby. I know someone that, that plays for Upper Darby as well. Yeah, let's um, just make me relive it again. I'm going to make fine. yeah, That's I'm going to cool. make you relive yeah. it because it was a great series. Yeah, no, it was because we went up 2-0. Then you guys stormed back to tie it, and all of a sudden we're like, all right, game five, second year in a row, mm-hmm. and second year in a row. The difference was that Cam Mathis throws baseballs hard like that. You could argue over the last two years that's been the biggest difference between our two teams. Yeah, yeah, he's really been kind of the. And we've had a lot of kind of to get to those. We've had the thing of Johnny Gonzalez being the game breaker, and then we get there and we face Cam, and it's kind of the same story. Um, but, you know, and it's just an incredible pitcher. Yeah. I mean, I think according to uh, to Nick DeCombe, he's the first ever back-to-back finals MVP, which for really? a league that's been going around since 1908, it's kind of crazy that that's never happened, for, for especially for, like, some teams that have had – those stretches yeah. of di- you know dominance. I'm surprised with how consistently Wayne's been winning titles that they haven't had one before. I was I was thinking the same thing. Um, but yeah, I mean the whole the whole Mathis family. It was so cool to be able to see all three of them get to play together, especially because of their age difference. This is the only league that you can do that yeah. because Cam graduated high school in 17 and Owen graduated in 2022. Mm. So at what level are you going to play with your brother who's five years younger than you? Besides the Delco League, right? There's no yeah. point in time in Little League, Babe Ruth, like whatever, that you're going to be able to do that. Uh, so to be able to see Owen, Alden, and Cam all in the same field and just, you know, see them from, I mean, a lot of the time, like when Cam would pitch, you know, all three of them were in the field because yeah. Alden would be in center and Owen would be at third. Uh, so to see them, you know, be able to play together in what could be the last time, because hopefully Alden's playing, you know, somewhere, uh, somewhere even higher this summer. But uh, that was that was definitely special to you know to be a part of that. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's one of the cool things about Delco baseball is you get just like so many generations of players on the same field, and that's why the Delco League special because you know it's 
you know, you're playing against guys that you grew up like watching. Like Kevin Mahalan was, you know, the like the prodigy at Strathaven. You know, he's like one of the best players that the, the program has ever seen. And, you know, I got to play against him when my whole life I'm like watching him at Media Little League hit 30 homers yeah. a year, you know, while I'm like four or five years younger, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, I'm playing second base and he's on second base. I'm like, this is so bizarre to be able to, uh, to come full circle like that. But yeah, no, that was, that was a special year. And, uh, Hopefully we can go for number 20 next year. We'll see. Oh, eh, we'll see. Not. <laughs> we'll see. All right, you got number six here. And this one's very meaningful as a Springfield guy. Oh, yeah. And this was a really awesome, I mean, I guess this was kind of my first game out for any of the uh, high school games this year. It was uh, the Springfield uh, Garnet Valley game. Um, they honored A.J. Grandy uh, before the game. Uh, uh, obviously, he was uh, tragically passed away uh, due to cancer. Um, but they honored him and got a win in a really incredible game against uh, uh, Garnet Valley. Um, really cool kind of tidbit from it was the final score was 6-5, which you add that together was AJ's number. I think you managed to point that out. Yeah, I think the Springfield Twitter account told me that, but that's just one of those, like, you know, when Tyler Skaggs passed away, they threw the no-hitter. When yeah. Jose Fernandez passed away, D. Gordon hit the homer. That was just like the, you know... It's not a coincidence. Put yeah, it, like that, it was, it was a pretty special day. It yeah. was definitely. The Springfield community needed it. They yeah. needed the win. Yeah. Uh, Drew Van Horn, another you know Wayne guy, hit two home runs for Garter Valley. <laughs> he did not want the community to heal. No, no. <laughs> he was, he, Come on, Drew. Yeah, did not care about that. But. <laughs> no, no, but no, that was that was special, uh, you know, because you can tell how much it meant to them. Uh, you know, I, I've always wanted to do some type of, like, story, but I always felt like it was too soon, you yeah. know, like for the family to want to. Talk about it. I, I think Cody still plays. Doesn't he play for that? Uh, I think he plays for the team that Mark and Mike at Motive train, like the Rowan um, uh, oh, Cumberland uh, County yeah, team. Yeah, RC, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to look it up. And I'm, I'm reasonably sure that he still plays because I remember seeing something where he was doing really well, hmm. either like last spring or the spring after. Um, is it Grandy or Grande? I always thought it was Grande just because like Ariana. I have no idea. I always... You're a Springfield yeah. guy, so I'll defer to you. But either way... Um, I've heard both. That's, yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, either way, you know, I think he, I think that, um, I hope, I hope Cody was able to make the game. You know, like yeah, be able to make yeah. it to that Springfield game. But to get that win, new field, new new vibes. You know, definitely oh, yeah, meant a lot. It was really, really awesome yeah. day. All right, we we've hit the top five here. Uh, so we're going to talk about Jim Haley because Jim Haley did what all of us have dreamed to do growing up in Delco, and he got to play a game for the Phillies. So he got to, you know, he he spent most of his minor league career, I think all of it, with Tampa Bay after graduating from Bonner and Penn State. And he got the opportunity to sign with the Phillies, got to wear the Phillies jersey, got to play with the Phillies in spring training. Uh, I think he was in AAA this year. Yeah, he was um, the Iron Pigs. I hope he gets to make his MLB debut with the Phillies. Uh, I, I feel like just, you know, being able to – even if it's one game, you know, your cup of coffee in the big leagues, right? Like just getting to play for the Phillies would be the dream. Yeah, I would love nothing more than to see that. Even, like you said, it was like a cup of coffee, kind of like what the uh, Wilson kind of did in the end of the summer. Just to be up there, I think he's grinded for so long in the minor leagues and has done very well. Um, I know he was an everyday guy for the Iron Pigs. He was an everyday guy in Tampa's system. It would just be it would be kind of like storybook to really see him make it and get to hopefully have his debut in the bank. It's just so unfortunate that he's been at two systems where the like first off the Rays are a stacked farm system always. Oh my god! So yeah. that's always that's always hard to crack. Um, but the Phillies, like in terms of infield, you just look at like he signs here. All right, well you got you know 
I think he just plays all around the infield. So it's like at first base, like you got Harper. At the time, you had Hoskins to beat out. You know, third base, like you know, unfortunately, like you're, you're not getting over Bohm yeah. like in the depth chart. I will say, um, I'll, I'll further the uh, for the sake of him getting up, I'll just kind of push the Alec Bohm is overrated thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll get not on that. that I train. actually believe that, but like just for the sake of us, that's a conversation for another yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, he's having his breakout this year, right? At age 28, he's gonna every year. It's the Alec Bohm breakout he's is coming. I think so. Yeah, because he was a college guy too. So. I thought he was like 25. Yeah, I think we've all thought that for a little <laughs> while, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I have put some feelers out to try and get him on the show, Jim nice. Haley, not Alec Boom, uh, Jim Haley. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think that uh, he's. I think Jim Haley's somewhere in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. Uh, at the very least, I hope it could be like a Drew Maji thing where he goes yeah, to like yeah. a team that's not doing very well. It's just like a you know to get his chance, like go to a. Like I don't know the A's or like someone else that like nah it should be with the Phillies I that's what it I'm should be with the Phillies let's just like break some kneecaps and and you know well let's not do that not Bryce <laughs> not Bryce no nah, probably not anyone that might no. not be the let's not attack Phillies but <laughs> to get you it's, we'll, we'll, we're doing it for Delco we we'll, have to. Nah, we'll suddenly push the Alec Boom overrated yeah. narrative and just stick with that I'm on board with that yeah. yeah all right you got number four and you were at this game so yeah, that'll help this was another just. Unbelievable game I saw. We got the Chris Sabito 18 strikeout game against Counter Rock South. Um, th- there's certain times you see a pitcher where it's just you know he's got it, and that was one of those days. Like he just was so locked in, and it was just a kind of consistent like two seam slider type thing, and I, they were hopeless. Yeah, I've never faced him before. Uh, I, I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> but, I mean, 18 strikeouts, especially in a seven-inning game where it's 21 outs, not yeah. 27 outs, is absurd. Uh, and just to show, like, how much that meant for Upper Darby as a program, they hadn't won a playoff game, I think it was since, like, the early 2000s. I don't think they'd been in one in yeah, over a decade. Yeah, it had been, I th- oh, we looked at it before. It was, we, like, yeah. 2012, 2010, something like that. I think like they that. made one around then, and they hadn't won one. Yeah, since a lot before that. Um, That's what now Ridley coach Tom Carey uh, at the time, Upper Darby coach uh, was telling me. But no, I mean, that was that was special for that program, because when you look at a guy like Zupito with the talent he has, I mean, he's at NC State now. He could have left Upper Darby and nobody would have blamed him. Right. Like he could have gone to Bonner. He could have gone to Haverford, EA, Malvern, whatever. Um, Obviously, he had the talent to do so. Mm -hmm. But as he said, you know, after the game and stuff, was it like, hey, like, I wanted to build this program up with the guys that I grew grew up playing yeah. with uh, and get to this point. And, you know, that was like, you know, that performance was a culmination of, you know, a decade's worth of work putting, you know, preparing to get to that moment and building that program up to try and leave it better than you found it. Yeah, that was a very deserved win for them. It, it was cool to see, you know, because they had been struggling for a really long time and it was cool to see them get kind of a really talented class like they had. I think most of their starting lineup was seniors, but for them to stick with it through you know all four years and finally come out and get a playoff win, especially in a game like that, it's it was really awesome to see. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to number three here. We're going to stay in the high school playoffs uh, because we had Bonner and Strathaven both make it to the state semifinals. I really wish that somehow they could have ended up playing each other because I just wanted to see how the Alex Pock-Kevin McGonigal matchup would have gone just because, like, McGonigal hit everybody and nobody hit Pock. So it's, like, one of those, like, hey, like, you know, unstoppable force meets an immovable object, right? Like, what's going to happen? But, yeah, I mean, that was a special run for both of them because, you know, Strathaven had never even won a state playoff game 
ever going, you know, going into this, this run. So once they won the district, they beat, um, I was at that game. I'm completely blanking on the team. They beat at Newman, but they beat them like 10, nothing. Oh, it was dolphin lower dolphin. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, that's right. Um, then after that, it was the Sealands Grove game mm-hmm. where we didn't go because, like, it was the smoke in the air, oh, remember? Yeah. And uh, it was just, like, I can't even believe they played the game. Like, my idea, mm-hmm. like, my mentality was I'm not driving an hour and a half to barely breathe. And, then, like, <laughs> just you suffocate. Know, well, well, especially when Game Changer was streaming it, you know? Oh, they have the, I think both both teams, because Bonner and Strathaven both played that day, yeah. and they both had yep, video. yep. Uh, so they beat Singles Grove. Greencastle Antrim, we were able to be at that game. That was in Fredericksburg. Uh, Alex Pock threw a gem in that game. Ended up being under the lights, which is really cool. Uh, it was, a, I think, a 2 nothing win. He was, you know, marvelous on the mound. Uh, and then we'll get to the, the other state semifinal game where Bonner played Shaler, and we were introduced to Miguel Hugas. Beast. That, I mean, that entire Shaler team was just... They were, they were, yeah, they were really six, good. Six three switch hitting Venezuelan pitcher and center fielder, probably through somewhere in like the nineties, yeah. low nineties, whatever. You don't find many of them. Yeah, um, special season for Bonner as well. Uh, I mean, obviously Kevin McGonigal being able to like just finish off his high school career with another great year, another state semifinal run. Obviously, not the way that you know any of them wanted the season to end, mm. but you know now I feel like we're far enough away that you can kind of take a step back and be like, hey, like we've made three state semifinals in a row. Not many programs get to say that. Beat the two-time defending state champ, Bethel Park, on their way there. Uh, and, you know, the roster's, like, listen, l- losing a first-round pick is always going to hurt. But, like, they, you got Irv back, yeah. Austin Cannon's back, Corey Sheridan, you know, transferred, Harry Carr, Jackson Keogh. Like, it's basically running it back without him and, and like, you know, him and Brian Henry were, like, the two yeah, off I think, the top I think of my they've head. almost gotten deeper, and like those guys who were there before have another year of experience. They're going to be, honestly, I think just as good, if not better. And like you said, well, we'll get into our high school yeah. stuff. But. Yeah, uh, so Bonner lost to Shaler. Strathaven beat Greencastle Antrim. So Strathaven took on Shaler at uh, Penn State's field. Um, we won't go too much into this game because it was a heartbreaking end. But yeah. Strathaven had the early lead. Shaler stormed back. Uh, I mean, Miguel Hugas hit two homers. Like Strathaven. Could have won that game, but the better team did win, which is some consolation. That yeah. I mean, that entire lineup for Shaler was like going to play college baseball, mm. and at the time of that game, nobody on Strathaven was committed to a school yet. Yeah, and that's I mean, they just it was weird. I feel like it was one of those things where they just kind of got hot, and it was you weren't able to stop them. I mean, Miguel Hugo's hitting two home runs helps, and and a field that had major league dimensions. Oh, like yeah. that field is based off of PNC Park. In yeah, Pittsburgh. they were um, those weren't cheap ones. Like no. they those were bombs. No. But, I mean, two Delco teams in state semis, you know, now that I think this whole reclassification system helped our area more than anybody because yeah. we had all these teams that were stuck in the biggest, you know, in the 4A bracket. So, like, you'd have a school like Strathaven be the one seed. Then, you know, number 19, North Penn comes in with 1,200 kids per grade yeah, and yeah. kicks their ass. And then all of a sudden it's just like, ah, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can. But the six, yeah. you know, I mean, we've only had one – Delco School win a PIAA championship. It was Marple. Yeah. In 2018. So that's... Uh, more to come, though. More, I think, I do think that. More to come. But, all right, we'll move on to number two here. We're going to stick with the high school theme here. And, Bonner, what do you got? Um, number two, we got our draft picks. Uh, highlighted by Kevin McGonigal getting drafted in the first round by the Tigers. Um, but, including that, we had a few more. Chris Clark went in the fifth to the Angels. Ethan Pecco in the sixth to the Astros. And Tom Kane in the 19th to the Giants. All... I think that we were saying that that was one of the higher amounts of guys we've had drafted in the year. 
I don't remember four. I don't remember four. I know last year was three with yeah. uh, with Chris Newell, Nate Furman, and, and then Alden Mathis. But, I mean, just seeing four and having all four sign is awesome. So, obviously, Kevin, first Delco baseball first-round pick since Ben Davis in the 90s. Yeah, or, um, yeah first-round pick. Ben, ben went second, I think. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, you know – it was a special night. I mean, you saw from that watch party video, there were like a hundred people in his, you know, living room or basement or whatever. And, uh, you know, just seeing the Bonner community come together uh, and just being able to follow him since he kind of burst onto the scene. I mean, the first I ever heard about him was when he committed to Auburn. And I think I, that might have been, I think, before he even played a varsity game because yeah. because of COVID. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, you know, I heard this kid commit to Auburn, you know, never really saw much of him before. Then, you know, all of a sudden he's playing in, like, the perfect game stuff. He's playing, you know, for Canes or whatever, like, mm. the travel teams are, uh, you know, playing in the uh, the All-American game. Like, he's playing for Team USA, all this stuff. And, and to see that all come together, you know, by hearing his name called. Also by Raul Ibanez, uh, which is in our intro as well. Huh. Uh, former Phil getting to do that as well. I, know, cool. I forgot it was Raul Ibanez. I was, yeah. Huh. Because he's like in something with the front office. Oh, the time. In, uh, I guess in Major it was League it was. Baseball. No, just for, oh, just Major, for Major League baseball. baseball. Yeah, something like the commissioner's office. But uh, that's pretty cool. But yeah, saw Kevin at Ascent. Um, just getting ready for the season. Uh, I, it's funny. My my road to the show players on the Tigers. So I kind of know some like the. <laughs> I know I kind of know some like the farm system teams. But I think it it starts you in Double A for that. So I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. they I'm, don't have the single A. In that. I'm pretty sure there's one that is in Michigan. But I know the I know Double A is the Erie Sea Wolves. Yeah, that's where I started. Yeah. So you know, I, th- I thought it was the Sea Wolves and Toledo Mudhens. Let's see. So all right. So Single A, where he was last year, was the Lakeland Flying Tigers. That's okay. where he kind of yeah. got called up at the end of the year. What is a flying tiger? Tiger with wings, I guess. I would assume I like if it's if it's Lakeland, Florida, I just kind of assumed it was like a fish, but. I don't know. I think I it's just. A, I don't know why it's the Flying Tigers. Yeah, tigers can't really fly right, yeah. unless you hit a ball so high that it does. Um, so, assuming that's probably where he'll start, if he gets called up to high A, the West Michigan Whitecaps. Cool. Oh, I like that. That's um, a nice name. Erie Seawolves, which, it's in PA, but it could not be in a more further <laughs> away part. Like, it's enough that a road trip could happen, but that's the tough, that's, that's a, like that's seven hours trip. going, you know, north northwest PA, southeast PA. That's one of those where maybe we may as well just do the East Carolina Yeah, thing. yeah. Uh, Toledo Mudhens is AAA as well. Oh, I so, that. Let's go. So, uh, I mean, I guess the, you know, the ceiling you would hope is, you guess, maybe makes up to double A. I mean, he's only yeah. 18 or 19, so uh, you just hope high A would be a good yeah, spot for Yeah, it's a good him. year. Yeah. I think a good year is all you really yep. hope for. Uh, but we keep moving on here. Chris Clark was a Harvard guy. Uh, he went to the Haverford School, and uh, he was drafted in the fifth round by the Angels. And honestly, this the fit doesn't surprise me here because, you know, they're the same team that drafted Ben Joyce. Like, they like the big yeah. guys to throw hard. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, we'll take care of the rest type of thing. Yeah, so no, definitely, like. Get a little velo in there, and just kind of let that play yeah. out. Yeah, I would see him uh, train at on deck. R.I.P. on deck uh, <laughs> with his pitching coach. Uh, I think his name is. He follows us on Twitter. Steve. It's like Schneck or like Shank. I think. Okay. Um, yeah. So he was, you know, and it was interesting hearing him talk about it because the guy was basically giving, you know, Christy advice on how to, like, basically to get drafted. Like, obviously, your goal as a college pitcher is to, like, you know, to win games and help your team and all that. But he was like, you need to be, like, this metric for this if you want to get yeah. picked. Like, this for this. And that's just, like, you know, the way that tracking data has has gone. But uh, Yeah, that's, that's kind of how it is now. Yeah. Be. Biggest question for him is whether they want him as a starter or reliever. I mean, he hit 98 at the combine. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea. But I'm sure, I mean, at the end of the day, most relievers are kind of guys that, you know, either – couldn't start or were just like their stuff 
yeah. was better suited for the pen. But, um, I think that that remains to be seen. Yeah. Uh, they'll probably probably get a shot to do both. I would imagine. All right, first player I've ever coached to get drafted was, was Ethan Pecco. I coached him in Legion for Nether back in the day. Um, he got drafted by the Houston Astros. He's a Ridley guy, went to Towson for his college. Uh, I, I wasn't necessarily surprised he got picked, but truthfully I was a bit surprised it was in the sixth round because he's been, he's been battling with some injuries in his time in college. And, uh, you know, he got the opportunity at Towson to be one of their, their weekend starters, and he had a great year. Mm. ERA was in the threes. Uh, fastball was in the mid-90s. And I think for him, you know, teams are banking on the fact that, you know, if he stays healthy, like he has, you know, the, the ability just to be like a solid starter. Yeah. He's yeah, got I think so. a lot of good That's, stuff. And from what you said, like that clearly plays. Yeah. Yeah. Just a reliable guy, um, which was a bit of a different philosophy with our last draft pick here, which was Tom Kane. Picked in the 19th round uh, out of Maryland. He got picked by the Giants. He's a Cardinal O'Hara guy, and he is one of those what I like to call like the late round flyers. Oh, you yeah. know, like he he's a guy who, like, truthfully, and he'll probably be the one to tell you this as well. In terms of statistics, his numbers weren't great this year. Mm-hmm. But he's a lefty that throws a sinker in like the mid nineties. You know, he he has the stuff that a team believes like you can't be taught. Yeah. You know, and as a pitcher, like, how do you feel about you know the argument versus like more polished versus more raw? Um. I think it can go either way. I mean, like, if you have the... Obviously, like, the raw numbers are what's going to get you picked. If you're polished and you throw 84, 86, you're not playing professional baseball. That's just how it is. Yeah. Um, but, like, just because the margin of error is so small when you're throwing lower, but or slower. Um, but, like, yeah, if you're a lefty throwing mid-90 sinkers, like, someone can do something with that. Or someone can see a professional coach is going to be like, yeah, I can probably turn that guy and could do a good pitcher. And these are, I mean, obviously you already have to be a very good pitcher to get drafted, but. But in the 19th round, it's worth that, yeah. you know, that opportunity uh, to go a little high upside. But, all right, well, we've reached our number one Delco baseball moment of the year, and I don't think there's any surprise here. Nope. Trevor Skronik, walk-off home run, <laughs> sending media to the Little League World Series. I mean, just, you know, being there was, was special as well. But the fact that, you know, just the walk-off homer, the fact that they've been going the whole summer without their, you know, one of their best players, mm-hmm. Chase D'Ambrosio. I mean, just in that moment, it was a winner-take-all game. Extras, they hadn't, I think that was their first hit of the entire game, was that walk-off homer. And, you know, in yeah. the, it's also in our intro. You can hear the broadcaster talking about how they kind of, like, pitched around Austin Crowley. Mm-hmm. And like, great job not letting, you know, their best player beat you. And, like, the second he <laughs> finished saying that, there was the crack of the bat. Um, but, you know, when we talked to... Tommy Bradley on the show. He was basically talking about like it was like all summer it was like the job's not finished, mm. and then once they you know won that game to get to Williamsport, he was kind of like I'm not saying like the job is truly finished, <laughs> but like the job was to get to the Little yeah. League World Series, and you know that moment. I just wish it was a night game because all the bars in Delco would have oh, gone nuts. Yeah. It was at like three o'clock. Yeah, that was a tough. Usually the that that uh, like Mid Atlantic ones a later start time, but I guess because they've added the new regions and everything, it's a little different. But I, that was just such an awesome moment. And then to get to be able to like kind of get to the World Series and just enjoy that whole process is Yeah, awesome. and I mean, we really could have filled this list with 10 just media oh, you know, yeah. moments. I mean, not to mention winning the state championship, not only for the first time since 1957 for media, but to do it in Delco. Yeah. Every, you know, and it's only in District 19 – or, no, I'm sorry, it's only in section, whatever we are, section three, I yeah. think, or section eight, I don't even remember. I think it's section eight. 
once every eight years. It's even in this section, which doesn't even mean Delco. It just means, you know, yeah, just in this section of PA, um, you know, we won't have another opportunity like that for a long time to be able to see a team do what they did. I mean, that state championship game, there were multiple thousands of people there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it was packed out. And which was kind of funny going to regionals then where it was not nearly as crowded. Like they went from the outfield being packed, like all that to like just the people that made it up to (laughs) Bristol. Um, But yeah, I mean, you could, you could bring so many things. I mean, the, the time they scored 10 runs in the inning in regionals against DC, a time where they hit, I think six home runs in one of the games at States. I mean, just even going back to them beating Aston Middletown, like that was the team that beat them two years in a row. And they finally, you know, hit their growth spurts and uh, and got revenge over them, you know, which was pretty much like, you know, at the end of the day, their first goal was just to beat them. Mm-hmm. Like that was, you know, the team that had been featured on some like ESPN Road to Williamsport thing uh, before the season. And, yeah. you know, to be able to go out and take care of them and then pretty much just run the table for the most part. I, I think they I don't think they lost a single game in the state of Pennsylvania. No, well, I guess yeah. outside of Williamsport, that doesn't count. Oh, we're yeah. talking about in the state, in, up until they won state until until yeah. Williamsport. Yeah. Right? Yeah. they didn't lose in regionals, did they? Because they they did not lose in districts. I don't think they lost in sectionals. They um, no, they didn't lose in regionals yeah, either because yeah, yeah, people so. were mad that they were two and zero and could have been knocked out oh, had, had they yeah, just won yeah. that game. Yeah, so I don't think they lost until the first game of of Williamsport. Yeah, Texas team. Yeah. Oh, special year. It would be pretty tough to top that in twenty twenty four. Just what from top to bottom. All levels of baseball, you know, what we were able to see uh, was was definitely very special. Mm-hmm. Um, notice how there are no Phillies moments here, because technically, yeah. technically not Delco, but mostly because anytime I think of the Phillies season, I get very sad. They they can crack the top ten when they win a ring. Yeah, come on, like, well, honestly, you know, it's not even it's not even that. It's the way that they lost. Yeah, you know, like brutal. if they had just played two like hard fought games with the Diamondbacks, like both teams played well, mm-hmm. like they lose like five four, like nobody messes up. You could, you know, maybe begin to start forgiving them, but to have their best players go like over forty in the last two games is like I can't even enjoy what they did to the Braves for the second straight year because every time I do, I'm like, well, what did they do after that? <laughs> yeah, like, what, what I happened? can't even appreciate it. Braves fans are probably happier with how the season ended than we were. I can't imagine the Braves fans are happy with how the season, given like how good, historic they that's, were. That's reasonable. And I was just like. I feel like that was one of those ones that you could just see from a mile away happening where you're just historic season and just if we beat them again. <laughs> oh, God, I have to run into so. the Dodgers this time. Um, hey, they also have the yeah. same problem as the Braves. Yeah, well, uh, so we got into our Phillies talk here. Uh, we're going to talk about the offseason and things like that, but I want to start off with the Hall of Fame because as of right now, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, and Bobby Abreu are on the ballot. Uh, I hate to be this guy's a Phillies fan. I don't think any of them should make it. I truly don't. Like, I, as much as I love these guys, like, I just, when I think of all three of them, I think Philly's Hall of Fame, yeah. retire their numbers, Wall of Fame, everything. But in terms of Major League Baseball, like, I saw a stat that Jimmy Rollins, so he won the MVP in 07. Mm-hmm. He was never top 15 in voting any other year. Like, when I just, I think of the Hall of Fame, I think of people that were, like, you know, dominating the game. They had higher peaks, like, you know, he's the Phillies all-times hit leader. Yeah. He's a World Series champ. He was the heart of that team. But it's just like, th- when you look at the numbers and other people that have been left out, like, I just I just don't see it. I, I would, yeah. I, I, If he gets in, awesome. Would love to see it. I just don't see it. Yeah, that's fair. I would say I could see him getting in, I think. I mean, I'm a big proponent of, like, the, the MLB Hall of Fame is, they're kind of, like, pricks. They don't let 
I don't know why they have like such a high standard of everything. Like, these are all some of the best players ever play the game. You're never going to hear some of their names again just because they're like, oh, well, they don't have like. Yeah, I don't. Chase, Chase Utley, I would say, has a good shot just because power hitting second baseman. Yeah. What's the line from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? <laughs> it's like power hitting second baseman. Like, do you know how rare that is in the <laughs> National League or something? Let's get back to this player selection conversation, okay? Because I got some. Got some thoughts. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. Ryan Howard, right? Mm-hmm. What? Look, like if it's me, I'm going Chase Utley 100% of the time. He's a power hitting second baseman, D. You know how rare that is in the yeah. National League? Well, yeah, and he's hot, which is like number one on my is. list. But I really like Ryan Howard. Now, you kiss and Chase Utley, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's true. It's like, I think Utley has the best chance because he had, first off, the most home runs in a World Series ever. I believe him and George Springer, I think it was. Uh, and in the World Series, we lost. To the Yankees, oh, yeah. um, you know, higher higher peak. Never won an MVP, um, but I don't know. I, I just think that all three of these guys, like, it's a cliche, but I think they're just in like the hall of very good. And I always hate that using that term, but it's just like they're, you know, I I, I won't be heartbroken if they don't make it. You know, yeah, I, don't, I won't feel like they got robbed. It'd be a shame to not see someone from that. Feel like, I guess uh, Ryan Howard would have if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, he would have hit 500 home runs if he didn't get hurt. It, it would be a shame to see someone from that, like, not see someone from that 08 team make it in because they were just incredible. I feel like it just if they had won one more. Yeah, you know, like yeah. like 2009, the Yankees were better than them. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. Yep. 2010, they should have beat the Giants. 2011, should have beat the Cardinals. the Cardinals. Were just <laughs> playing with devil's magic um and then obviously the 2012 cliff you know they just completely just dropped off the face of the earth but if they had won another ring in that stretch i think you know you would have had to consider it but i mean i can't wait i I don't think anyone should ever wear 6 11 or 26 for the phillies uh Mm -hmm. those numbers it's weird because i think the phillies had like a a policy where unless you're in the mlb hall of fame your number can't be retired i feel like that's something they do I'm trying to think of the numbers they have retired. Uh, I like Schmidt, Carlton, or Holiday. Yeah, how, I guess Holiday's different because, like, you know, he passed away, right? Like his numbers retired for us. Well, he's also in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I was, but like his Phillies career wasn't oh, you know, yeah. too long. Um. All right. Let's see what we got here. Uh, all right. So I guess I guess we can move into just talking about the off season. I mean, the big thing was signing Aaron Nola to a seven year, 172 million dollar deal. I was very, you know, like vocal about the fact that I wouldn't have given him too big of a deal, but I feel like this was a good deal for everybody. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I think he also said he took less, or he took less money to stay with the Phillies, which was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, seven years, hundred seventy-two. That's probably what you're going to have to pay for Aaron Nola. Yeah. And, and it was it was one of those like grass is always greener. Like you yeah. can say, oh, let him walk, like whatever, go to the Braves or Dodgers. But then you look out there, and it's like. You know, I I don't think enough people talk about the durability. Like he is throwing over 200 innings yeah. every year. He's always going to be you know like solid. Like yeah, the home runs suck, but like I feel like some years that's kind of fluky. Like he's been up and down in terms of like dominant to like very solid. You know that kind of fluctuates yeah. a little bit. But you know, I, I mean, I would not. Repl- you know, the Phillies would be a worse team if they replaced him with like Sonny Gray. Or like mm-hmm. Marcus Stroman, you know, like Blake Snell has some some question marks when he'll only give you like five or six innings, right? Um, and even so, he's, I mean, he's last year was great, but that was the best year of his career. Yeah, like it's. I'm 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 happy they got him. I think it's a very yeah. reasonable deal for both sides, and uh, you know he's going to end up being 
statistically one of the best pitchers to ever play here. Yeah. Out of 100%. longevity as well. Uh, other than that, they haven't really done much yet, um, which doesn't mean that they're not going to. But I also think that, you know, when you look at the big picture, like they, they won 90 games and made the NLCS when Harper wasn't really himself until like July or August. Turner was terrible until August. You know, like I, I think that kind of having like that run it back and let's just not choke this time mentality is very reasonable. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that philosophy. I think that they should bring in one more starting pitcher, you know, because right now it's the same rotation as last year. Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, Walker, and Chris Sanchez, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I think that if they want to either bring in somebody else and then do like a six-man thing or if they want to bring someone else and, you know, move one of them to the pen, like it could come down to the fact that, you know, February rolls around and like, hey, like, Jordan Montgomery, you know, isn't, you know, asking for as much as he thought, or Blake Snell's market isn't what he thought. Like, other than that, I think it's just going to be bullpen and outfield help. Yeah, and that's, they already have a team that can beat anyone in the league in a, in a seven, or in a seven, five, three, whatever it may be. Um, so it's, yeah, like, the, the, all the top end talents there. Like, we, I feel like we've done almost the hard work. Now it's, just patching up so maybe your four starter in an NLCS isn't Christopher Sanchez. Maybe you can get someone more reliable out of the pen to throw. And that's with bullpens it's weird. I think the, it's mostly just about getting guys with really good stuff in there and hoping they it clicks. Um but yeah, I would like to see another starter. I think they did the six man a lot last year. I know they kind of worked around a lot of injuries. And then I think for a regular season, a six-man rotation is probably the best bet when you want to save all your keep all your arms fresh. Um, so that would be, I think, bullpen and like bench bat slash left field. Yeah. If you don't believe in Rojas, is probably the priority. Outside of that, another starter would be nice, but it doesn't have to be like a blockbuster, like big name. I, I think if you can get a solid guy that you can trust to put out there anytime. And honestly, like Taiwan Walker and Christopher Sanchez are both solid, but you know, maybe someone a little bit better than, than them. Cause they also like, while they are solid, they kind of are who they are. They're yeah. not going to give you that insane performance. No, I agree. Um, I think bullpen, I, I don't know about you. I would love to see Hector Neris back, not as a closer. Yeah. Cause obviously with, you know, he didn't have, uh, much success there, but I mean, he had a 1.7 ERA with Houston last year. Won a World Series, obviously against us. Uh, you know, I feel like he would be a huge middle, like you know, seventh, eighth inning kind of guy for us. You know, he had uh, the same WAR as Josh Hader last year, but he would be so much cheaper. Oh yeah. You know, bring him home. The vibes would be great in the bullpen. Um, I also this one might be a bit unpopular because first off, he's not a good person, and second of all, <laughs> he, he's had some embarrassing moments, but. I would take a role as Chapman. I would. He had a ERA three last year. He's won two World Series, so like he's not fa- like yeah. obviously he's had some moments where you know like the Altuve homer and stuff like that. But like we're not relying on him to be a high leverage ninth no, inning guy. Like he's not going to be our closer. Yeah, I think with the guys we have still, like we're not going to ask too much out of him. No, um, Jordan Hicks is another guy. Uh, we saw Jordan Hicks with the Cardinals. Uh, he has incredible stuff. Um, I think he just, you know, was struggling to figure it out a little bit, but he's a free agent. Uh, I think he could be someone that it's just like another, it's like a flyer, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, like you throw over a hundred, we can figure that out. 
and and help you with you know how to use the stuff in the right way like with Jose Alvarado uh and yeah. just I mean I think it's worth a shot I think at the very least bringing him into spring training and seeing what he can bring to the table um but yeah no, there's definitely some bullpen arms out there that could help contribute to uh to the pen I think the interesting question will be who the closer will be it probably should be Alvarado cuz Kimbrel's a Baltimore yeah. Oriole now yep. but that's uh they- I don't think the bullpen's done yet. No, I, th- there's yeah, they're gonna have to patch a couple holes in the bullpen because um, like, no matter how much Kimbrel did or didn't suck, like the there's a lot of innings that now you have to eat because he did throw a lot of innings for us. But uh, I think for them, a big thing is going to be like in the spring, just naming a guy a closer and be like, you're the guy, you're gonna go out and do it. Don't really care if you do good or bad. Like yeah. you're the guy for I don't know. Like and don't, don't make us change it. Yeah, you and know. You maybe if it does go really wrong, you reevaluate in two months. But I just I think one of the issues with the Phillies bullpen is there's no. Sometimes they don't really have set roles, and I think like mentally, if you know where you're going out, you can prepare better. Jeff Hoffman closer. Let's, yeah, let's start the way. No, he's he's better as like a put him in whenever you're in trouble. Yeah, no, I mean I Jeff Hoffman's I love him. Yeah, he's I mean awesome hey, the like. It was outside of Kimbrel, the bullpen carried us against the Braves. I mean, we yeah. won, we won a bullpen game in Game One against the Braves. Yeah. So I still believe in the arms that we have. Uh, just you know, getting rid of Kimbrel, get the dark clouds out from it. But uh, <laughs> I think I think outfield's a very interesting debate because outfield, like I still think that Johan Rojas can have a spot here eventually. Yeah. But the, if they go in to the season fully saying like, no, he'll be fine. I think that's very risky because we saw in the playoffs. I mean, he went like four for forty something. You know, like defensively, it was great, but like you can't you can't be batting eight in a playoff game. Like he was almost an auto out at the very least. Give us some bunts or something. Like yeah. it was just it was painful to watch. Uh, I think the best thing that they can probably do would be to bring in you know somebody else that can play the outfield. So like against lefties, you can have Rojas play, or you know you can have um, him. You know. Pick up another guy that you can, at the very least, have him compete with. But, I mean, Cody Bellinger is the best outfitter left on the market. He's obviously not going to come at a, a cheap price tag. But, I mean, he can play center field. He's a lefty. He had a great year with the Cubs. The only issue are the few years before that were not good. Yeah, no, but he kind of has the same thing as Blake Snell, where he's, you know, he had that really good contract year, and now he's out for a free agency. And, like, he's a very good player. I think he... Yeah, he's a very good player, but I don't know if you want to pay the price that he, or if you can afford the price that he's going to command. I mean, I heard that he wanted seven and two hundred mil, which I am not touching whatsoever. If no, that's the case, not at all. Maybe try and convince him to do a short term high yeah, annual salary. Yeah, you could do that. Um, but you know, another guy that I kind of had my eye on, uh, just looking through the free agents, was Randall Gritchick because apparently last year his OPS against lefties was nine ninety five. Nearly a thousand OPS against lefties. So if you bring him in uh, and kind of let him, you know, get some starts in left field and move Brandon Marsh to mm-hmm. center, uh, and let Rojas kind of start down in AAA and kind of get his like feel back at the plate, I don't think that would be the worst idea. Because then if you decide that Rojas is the guy in center field, then you flip flop him and Gritchick's yeah. now the pinch hitter. Where if you're down late in the game, you bring him in yeah. to face a lefty as because like as we saw with the Diamondbacks, like they tried to punish us with lefties, you know, at the top of the order. But if they want to be able to, you know, navigate that a little bit, be able to have a guy like Gritchick off the bench. Same with Adam Duvall, another another righty, just power bat that you could plug and play there. 
Um, you wanted to talk about Yoshida a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. That was a um, – now, there's – I don't think anything really um, – there's no real connection between him and the Phillies right now. But, well, besides the thing that he named was Dog Harbor. But um, the uh, – yeah, apparently teams have kind of been asking about him or asking the Red Sox about him. I don't know if that's the Phillies or not, but if it was, I feel like that would be a good fit. I think the one thing with, and you're talking about like Grichuk Duvall, I would almost, if you're going to get an outfielder, have it be someone you can play every day. Yeah. Um, and that, that also, well, it also depends on how you feel about Rojas. If he takes that next step and he's able to hit major league pitching, because like, he had a terrible playoffs, but also given when he came up and like what he kind of came into the major leagues to do, which was really just play while some guys were hurt, I think they kind of made him bite off a little bit more than he could chew at yeah. that time. Yeah, he got he kind of got thrown into the fire yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and it didn't go well, but like it's also a good experience. And if he seems like he's taking on like he's seeing live pitching, he's gotten absolutely jacked. Hey, listen, I'm fine giving him his chance. I just yeah. think that not having another backup plan would not oh, be Oh, no, yeah. Be good. That's, yeah. You need a backup plan, but I think that's like if you don't believe in Rojas, you need a guy that can play every day. Yeah. All right, well, hopefully we'll get some more Phillies news soon, uh, but there's been a lot going on in the rest of Major League Baseball since we recorded. And let's start with um, the $700 million deal that Shohei Otani got from the Dodgers. Uh, I remember I said to one of my coworkers that thought he was going to get 600, and I said that was crazy because I didn't think he would get over 500. Because, I didn't either. Like, I just thought that, you know, the fact that you're getting your second Tommy John surgery and you're, you know, not even going to be able to pitch this year, that someone wasn't going to put that type of investment because they didn't know. Like, don't get me wrong, he's still a top 5, 10 hitter in the league, mm-hmm. but, like, he's, you know, you're not getting 700 million for that. So I think the Dodgers are just banking on the fact that it's his brand will help pay for itself. You know, yeah. there's no salary cap, and the way they deferred that contract oh, is nuts. That's got to be like money laundering. Yeah, or I, don't like, I, I don't know what that. There's got to be something illegal there, but because what they're paying him, they're paying him six eighty after the con at, at the end of the yeah. contract. Oh, he's gonna have the best fortieth birthday party of all oh, time. That's gonna be a bad if he's especially if he's retired at that point. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, listen, I understand why the Dodgers did it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that, you know, makes their window to win a World Series um, wide open for the next, as long as he can play. Yeah. Uh, they also signed Yoshi Yamamoto, 12-year, 325 mil. I mean, they gave a billion dollars to two players. And if it's, it, a, I mean, what's the, I feel like, I don't know if it's a hot take, in, the, in that 10-year span where they're together, I feel like only one World Series might be considered a disappointment. Yeah, if you're spending a billion on two guys, you probably need a couple more. I, I did think the Yamamoto, I was surprised he got as much as he did, considering, well, yes, he's like a very good pitcher, incredible stuff. He has not thrown a major league inning. Yeah, and like the balls are different in Japan. You know, apparently they they all get like an extra day of rest in Japan than they do over here. Like he's 5'9, 175. Like I just think very risky. The 12 year part is the risky part for me. Yeah. And not as much as the money. I mean, part. he is 24. He's really young. Yeah. He's like 25. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll wait for Roki Sasaki instead. Yeah, that's a the two of those signings, like the one with Otani is interesting because like, I guess they must be pretty confident that he's going to be able to pitch again. They have to be, yeah. Two Tommy Johns, I feel like at some point. What if he's a closer? Yeah, it might be. Like, even then, though, I feel like you only give that money if that dude's going to hit and start. Yeah, agreed. Um, well, the Dodgers also got Tyler Glasnow and Manny Margot. Um, 
I don't think necessarily Glasnow is overrated. I think he's just not like dependable. Like he hasn't thrown over a hundred innings. I don't think ever in his career. Maybe once. Like he gets hurt every single year. And I just think that you know they immediately signed him for five years, one thirty, one thirty six yeah. mil. Like I'm, I'm okay. The Phillies weren't in on him. No, that's know? fine. And they've now assembled just an elite. Um, starting rotation of playoff performers with Henry Kershaw. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Yeah, I think they they have. I look. Oh god, someone tweeted out the stat, but the two like him and Kershaw have the two lowest. It's like the worst WAR of pitchers in the playoffs in like a pretty long Jesus. time. So yeah, it's gonna be funny when the 123 win Dodgers lose to the 83 win Phillies, oh, yeah. just based on vibes. We sound like know? total haters right now, but like I'll be honest, I hate the Dodgers. Yeah. So. I'm completely biased. Like they probably, I love Shohei, but I despise the Dodgers. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right, we're well, talking about another big market team here. Juan Soto is a New York Yankee. Uh, no extension signed yet for him, which is interesting. Um, but he's probably going to hit like 60 home runs with that Portion oh, right field. <laughs> reach out and touch that fence. Yeah. I Listen, like I know, you know, obviously around here in Philly, the Yankees aren't the most popular team, but they're in the AL, and I'm glad I only have to see him three games a year. Yeah, I, yeah I, don't mind at all. If if the Yankees win the World Series, I'm not going to shed a tear. Like I hate a lot of teams more than I hate them. Yeah, because you know, we, we just don't really play them that much. I hate the Braves way more, oh, the yeah. Mets way more. I even hate the Diamondbacks way more at this point. You know, I don't even know. I can't hate no, the Diamondbacks. I, I, the Diamondbacks are just kind of like tip of the cap. Yeah, but I hate the Padres more than them. Yeah, like there there are plenty of teams, our entire division, that I despise more than the Yankees. So. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm curious if he's going to sign an extension because I I kind of would have thought that the trade would have kind of been predicated on him just immediately locking up a long term deal. But I guess he's going to bet on himself. Yeah. I mean, if he hits 60 you know, home runs or so, like he's going to get a bigger deal than he would have before. Uh, so good for Juan. I'm glad he's not in our. You know, no, side. yeah, don't need this. He did. You know, he killed us in that Padres series, even though we won. Um, we had a uh, divisional trade. Chris Sale is headed to the Braves on a package that sends Vaughn Grissom to the Red Sox. I mean, I I think his best days are behind him, but he's definitely going to piss us off at some point. Yeah, that's still. I mean, for what you what you're going to ask out of him, that that's a really good get for the Braves, and kind of hate that they got him, but he's also coming off of some injury stuff, so we'll see. But he's a very good pitcher, and I think giving up just Vaughn Gr- or was it just Vaughn? I don't think or? it was just him, but I think he was like the headline yeah. kind of. And they seem to have weirdly just kind of given up on him. Mm-hmm. Um, Except so. they threw him out to end yeah, the series yeah, against his first at bat in like a month was to try and you know save the team season. Like imagine you're him on the bench, and it's like that one uh, that one picture of that Jerusalem guy was like pointing. He's like, he's like me. <laughs> like you're you want me you want me to bat like with the. Season on the line, like okay, are you sure? You want to think about it for a sec? <laughs> that was that. I read it when they traded him. I rediscovered another great tweet. It was the thing of like him coming up, and I was like, when you're like faded at a party and get put in a serious situation. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like someone's, you know, there's like a drunk driving thing. Yeah, yeah, like something where it's like, oh, you have to like like get it together. Yeah, you got a lot. He's just falling yeah. at the plate. Yeah, that poor guy. Poor guy. Um, all right, so we got some more minor moves. Sonny Gray's going to the Cardinals. Uh, I think I think they also signed Lance Lynn as well. So I think yeah, they just they got him back. to get a bunch of arms. Uh, if if we had lost Nola, like I know Sonny Gray was kind of talked about as like someone that could be uh, a replacement, but I don't know. He didn't do very well at a big market with the Yankees. So I'm glad he gets to kind of go and be in a quiet place in St. Louis. You yeah, know? Midwestern merchant. Yep. Um, 
The one now an interesting team is the Royals because they made a bunch of moves. Like they signed Michael Waka, Seth Lugo, Hunter Renfro, uh, and you know Will Smith is the biggest one because Will Smith has won three straight World Series with three different teams. So you know maybe if you, you just by signing him, it's purely for the vibes. If the Royals win the World Series, he may honestly get seven hundred mil the next year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Someone be like, "You're you're going to be okay, in our clubhouse no, no matter what." <laughs> yeah. That's. Eh, good for them. I mean, that was I see we have here. At least they're trying. So. At least they're trying. Yeah, yeah. I, I have that on the notes. At least they're trying because too many teams are just fine being mediocre. I mean, you know? uh, they weren't mediocre last year. They were. They were just bad. bad. Yeah. So I think they're trying to be mediocre. Yeah, yeah. And that's they're they got some good guys in, and I think they're going to be able to, especially when you're trying to get you know Bobby Witt, some of your younger guys, just major league stuff. They're going to be good teammates to have. Good veterans have in the clubhouse, and so that's. I feel like those are all really good moves. For, they're not like competitive moves, but they're moves that are going to put them in a good place for the yeah. future. I feel like we need the stove to get a little hotter. It's kind of cooled down with the snow. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's. I, I think the. Uh, it seemed like a lot of guys were waiting for the big pieces yeah. to fall, and now we're going to see. You know, we have a lot of guys up here: Montgomery, Snell, Stroman, Bellinger, all those guys. Probably now that you know the Otani's, the Yamamoto's have, you know Soto gets traded. Yeah, they it, set the market. Yeah, now now they're gonna go and try and figure something out. Yeah. Ah, uh, all right. Any other any other pressing needs you got to get off your chest here? I think it was a very productive uh, first yeah, day in the studios here. I think we're good. Yeah, good to get our interviews in soon. Um, I don't I don't need to spoil any uh, potential names, uh, especially if that jinxes it and like the dates wouldn't work <laughs> out with anything. Uh, but I would say the first interviews. We would be doing would be with the minor league guys just because they're the Bryce first. Harper. To, they're the, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper, you are well. Bryce, if you're Anytime. listening to this, you are welcome. We'll try and fit you into our schedule. We'll see what happens. Uh, but um, no, I mean, I bet we could find. Uh, I don't. Know, I think it'd be cool to get like a Phillies minor leaguer, even if they're not a Delco guy. Ooh, Jim, Haley. Know, Jim Haley. Jim yeah. Haley. Well, yeah, two birds, one stone with that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess that'll uh, that'll bring an end to episode forty-two here. Um, you know, shout out producer Rob for setting this all up here and uh, taking care of us here. But. Uh, Excited to keep it rolling. Yeah. Well, talking with snows on the ground, we're talking about baseball, but soon it's going to be spring. Yeah, yeah I had to take some time off, but now I feel like we're getting locked in. Yeah, so uh, thank you all for, uh, for tuning in the show. We'll see you next time.